0: Welcome to the Armchair Trader podcast. Uh, This week, uh, we have Zoglo's Incredible Food Corporation on the podcast. Um, It's uh, part of the bigger story of zero meat, which a lot of investors have already been hearing about and which is growing very rapidly indeed. Uh, Zoglo is another company that we think is very interesting because of its role in this area. And uh, we have had the opportunity today to talk to the team at Zoglos, so um, if you guys could just introduce yourselves and um, tell us uh, a little bit of a high-level summary of Zoglos, what it does.
1: Well, my name is uh, Tony Morello, I'm the CEO at uh, Zoglos, and uh, my counterpart, Jim Dalsnyder, is COO of Zoglos. Uh, the company itself is uh, a plant-based food company. Uh, we have been in the plant-based food space for quite some time, frankly, since before it was known as plant-based foods. And uh, we are, it was vegetarian foods at that time. Uh, and uh, we are quickly uh, making our our way uh, across, uh, I'm going to say globally, in a way that uh, is bringing our product more to the mainstream market and out of the niche
0: space that it was uh, originally uh, designed for, if you will, the history of the business I found really interesting as well, because this is this is not a new startup we're talking about here. This is this is actually um, a business that has its roots um, in originally um, in a Israeli company, and that was where the original, dare I call it, food technology was developed. Um, but that was that was some time ago. Yeah,
1: you're absolutely right, Sturt. Uh We've been in the business uh, since 1987. Zoglos has been in market uh, globally since 1987, uh, primarily in the UK and Israeli market. Early days came into North America into Canada primarily in uh, 1992, I believe it was, and uh, launched in North in uh, North America. But it was really targeted to the uh, Jewish and kosher market. So it was quite niche because it had a high level of kosher designation, but that's kosher designation. um, It really was well suited for that market. And you're right when you talk about technology, because really the last few years, technology within within plant based foods has absolutely exploded. And the products have become a lot, a lot closer to real meat. Our original technology, which came out uh, well over 25, 30 years ago, was more of a heat and serve technology. So it was early days of of, uh, vegetarian and plant-based, still meat alternatives for the most part, uh, mostly all soya-based and uh, very much, uh, like I said, heat and serve uh, kind of technology, quick meals, where today the technology has advanced so much that the products now are used just like uh, real meat products. So they're quite interchangeable. And it is this extrusion technology that's really advanced over the last few years, last three years primarily, and more so in, in the European market. North America hasn't really seen a lot of this. They're just seeing it now for the first time. That really convinced us that um, you know we had a bigger opportunity here than just serving the niche market and looking at the mainstream platform. So uh, Henry Ender uh, uh, made a, a deal with, uh, with Zoglowec to purchase the brand uh, on a global scale. So we own Zoglos now globally uh, in every market except for Israel. And uh, we have uh, brought 12 SKUs to market in North America that are really targeted uh, to the mainstream uh, market and uh, made with the new technology, the new extrusion technology, that again brings that uh, that experience as close as possible to meat, so it becomes really interchangeable because you'd cook it the same way as you would cook meat. So if you're making a fajita or you're making a um, a taco or you're making whatever the case might be a chili, you can use our products just as you would meat products and get a very similar experience.
0: I live in a part of the UK which is um, quite sort of health oriented, and I've noticed in the last uh, certainly in the last two or three years that the um, the the, the the amount of choice in supermarkets and grocery stores when it comes to non-meat, I like to call it non-meat solutions, um, has certainly expanded a lot. There's a lot of stuff now that, that consumers can choose from um, that that simply wasn't there 10 years ago. How do you compare, say, the European market with with the North American market at the moment? Because I know at the moment you've been focused heavily on north america and you have said to me in the past that that the north american market still has some way to catch up with europe despite you know the debut of companies like beyond meat for example
2: yeah no you're you're absolutely right Uh, north american market is quite a ways behind europe in uh, in terms of development in this category um we are just about to finalize an acquisition um with a European company called uh, Monday Swiss. And uh, what that is allowing us is to get some um, information and knowledge of the European market and what's working there and bring that over to North America. I mean, if you, if you look at the UK, uh, Stuart, you know, we're, we're seeing numbers anywhere up to 80% household penetration of uh, plant-based foods. In North America, it's at about 30%. So we're probably a good three years behind in terms of development. So over here, you'll see, you know, burgers, um, sausages, meatballs, and not a lot outside of that in terms of uh, product range when it comes to plant-based foods. Uh, what what uh, we have introduced with uh, Zoglo's um with our new uh, 12 SKUs that uh, we came out with last year, we brought out products like shawarma. Our chicken tenders have, have done extremely well. There's a cutlet, chicken strips, beef strips. Um, like Tony said, products that, that can be used as ingredients in, in everyday cooking. Um, and, uh, and and that is, that is what's attracted the retailers to our products is the innovation. That, uh that we can bring out we've got we've got more innovation coming out uh, in q1 of 2022 so in the next month we're going to be coming out with uh with fish products um, fish sticks and and fish burgers and we're also coming out with a kids line um nobody's got that right now for plant-based foods but um, we will continue to look at europe to see what's working there it's almost like looking into a crystal ball and seeing what the future's gonna look like because you guys are so far ahead of us in development.
0: But you've mentioned um, just now the Monday Swiss acquisition. Can you get, shed a bit more light on that?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, Monday Swiss uh, is, uh, has been producing our, our uh, 12 SKUs, our 12 products that we've launched in the North American market. Um, they have the technology that is uh, leading edge, that is, uh, uh, I'm going to say, amongst the world's best right now when it comes to uh, producing extrusion products. And what that will do is help springboard uh, Zoglos into, uh, into a, a leadership position, we believe, in North America, and likely even in, um, in Europe uh, as, uh, as an innovator in the category. Um, so as, we, as Jim mentioned, with the SKUs that we've launched here in, uh, in Canada primarily, uh, it was more of a, the 12 SKUs we brought to market was a half of the SKUs, I'm going to say, was to catch up to everyone else and all those new SKUs that had uh, been uh, brought into the mainstream market over the last uh, probably three to five years. The other half was true innovation. And uh, with this acquisition and the innovation pipeline that exists with it, it's going to allow us to now take a leadership position uh, in North America and be recognized as uh, the company that is bringing these meat replacements uh, to the forefront and to the center of the plate. And I think that is going to uh, attract a a lot of uh, new consumers, not necessarily vegan or vegetarian, but more the consumers who consume meat. On a day in, day out basis, and are just looking for an alternative once or twice a week. Um, you know, we're we're more than happy with uh, filling that void. We think that if we can start to um, to uh, have consumers believe in uh, meatless eating and having the same kind of attributes as as meat products, uh, and doing it, making those replacement meals uh, two to three times a week, that's a huge market. Uh, Canada is a great place to start. U.S., as we all know, is uh, is the place where you want to be. Um, so we're hoping that with our our knowledge uh, in the history of, of uh, the U.K. and Europe, our knowledge that we're gaining with the launches here in Canada, which is a much more footprint, is going to help excel us into the U.S. and really uh, expand that market.
0: I, I know you've made this acquisition in Europe. Does that mean that, that you will be um, spending some time and resource on expanding into the European market as well? We are
1: going to expand uh, definitely in, in Europe, uh, and we also have intention of expanding into North America. So uh, we would love uh, and we are anticipating that by the end of this year, 2022, uh, we will open a facility uh, in, uh, in North America, uh, likely in the northeast of the U.S. Uh, that could both serve Canada and the U.S., um, and start uh, producing uh, products here as well. So what that does is open up more capacity for our current plant uh, in Europe. Uh, we have a, a second plant that we're going to be opening, a much larger one. I believe it's in the fall of 2022 is when it's slated for, uh, for Europe. Uh, and that, uh, that will serve the capacity required for, for uh, U- the European market. And then the North American plant um, to serve the uh, capacity that we'll need for the North American growth
0: obviously this is a far I mean it is a much faster moving sector than it used to be some of the companies in it are getting a lot a lot of investor attention now um, how important is the, un, the underlying food technology you've mentioned for example fish products which you're, you're planning to launch in the very near future I mean it seems incredible to me that we're reaching the point where companies are able to now offer fish substitute um, based on 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 plants, um, how important is it for you guys in terms of research and development and and bringing out the new products that will get the traction with with the uh, consumer?
2: So our, our our intention, Stuart, is to um, to be thought of more than just a, a plant based uh, meat replacement company, but to be a plant based food company. So in in, in that respect, uh, innovation and introducing new products is key. For us, we want to be we want to be in five or six different locations in the grocery store. So, what Tony and I have been looking at is high household penetration categories where there's a where there's an opportunity for plant based foods. So, I know that in Europe, there has just been introduced um, uh, plant based canned tuna. We're looking to bring that into North America uh, quickly. Um, our intent is to be to be first in the market here in Canada with that. We are about to introduce home meal replacement products here. So in the in the deli where you've got you know mac and cheese and and uh, spaghetti and meatballs and lasagna over here none of that exists in a plant-based offering. So we are we're coming out with uh, products that will be uh, home meal replacement products that will have our ingredients all plant-based and actually all vegan. Uh, so even the, uh, the cheese uh, will be uh, vegan. Uh, so a, a full, full offering in that respect. There's a number of other categories in the grocery store that we're looking at to introduce products into. So innovation is really what we're hanging our hat on. Um, the retailer loves this consumer. They, they, they want the plant-based consumer in their store. They'll spend more on, on produce. They'll spend more on, on groceries itself. Um, but the way to attract that consumer is to have a good offering and to offer them uh, new innovative products uh, that they, that they want to try.
0: And how important is it in, in this sector specifically to be the first to market? Is, does that give you a considerable advantage, for example, in, in, the, Canadian, in the Canadian market? We we
1: believe it does. Uh, it gives you the uh, the notoriety of of, uh, of really being a player in the category, and I think that is extremely important when you're in a crowded space uh, to be able to rise above and, and be known as that. We're fortunate that look we you know we look at the, I like to call it the roadmap to to success for us. Uh, comes through uh, the Europe, the European successes in, in launches that we have there because of the maturity of the market in Europe, and then we simply cut and paste it, and bring it to Canada, and then roll it into the U.S. That's really our roadmap, and uh, we feel that that is the one that is uh, the one that's going to give us the greatest success uh, at the same time at our stage of development, uh, being also fiscally responsible and being able to do it in a way that um, you're not, um, you know, over-investing uh, in, uh, in certain areas. So, uh, you know, we, we look at, uh, at Europe as, uh, as uh, the starting point, if you will. Uh, like Jim mentioned, Cantoon is a good example of, of the latest innovation. It's already been launched in Europe, already having success in Europe. The consumer is accepting the product. So we want to quickly take that learning, bring it to North America. We don't want to wait three years, five years like we have in the past, uh, we'll take that that uh, success story, introduce it in North America, and uh, hopefully have similar, even greater successes here in North America as we think the canned fish market in North America is actually even bigger than what it is in Europe. So um, we think that that one there uh, is, is a great way for us to really, uh, you know, put a stake in the sand, if you will, that, that Zoglos is a brand to be reckoned with.
0: And, and presumably, I mean, you're lucky in a way in that Obviously, you have the Canadian market there, but next door you've got this massive U.S. market. We've we've spoken to Canadian market Canadian companies in the health food space on this podcast before, and and when we discuss international expansion, um, it seems to me that obviously they're they're selling in the Canadian space, but they do point out that the U.S. market is right next door. It's absolutely vast, even if they just break into that one market that's that's actually going to be massively profitable
2: it's it's 10 times the size of our market up here and uh and the interesting thing is that a lot of the learnings and a lot of the product success up here is interchangeable uh down there i mean we've got um basically the same demographics um and you just have a bigger market down there, so we're we're in the midst right now of of uh discussions on uh representation down there, but expect us to start selling probably within the next three to four months down in the u s and that's uh that's a big part of our two thousand and twenty two growth plan
0: You're listening to the armchair trader podcast and i I wanted to ask you also um what you thought are the big drivers? I mean, we have touched on the fact that people are buying more non-meat products. Um, and, and this is a trend we're seeing here in Europe. And it's obviously a trend you're seeing in, in Canada as well. Um, is it is it just um, health and people becoming more aware of their health and the fact they're eating too much meat? Or are you seeing, do you think people are buying... Um, zero meat because they're also aware of the impact of, um, let's say, beef or pork farming on the environment? Are we, what do you think are the, are the, are the big drivers here?
1: Well, Stuart, um, I've been in the food industry all my life, uh, mostly in the retail sector. And uh, I can honestly tell you, uh, it's not too often you see uh, trends, call it that, uh, like we're experiencing right now with uh, with plant-based products, uh, first of all, I don't think it's a trend. I think it's it's a new way of life. It's a movement that is here to stay and will be with us forever. We think that there are three major uh, demographic clusters that are really looking at plant-based as a solution for the future. There's a younger generation, call it uh, pre forty-five, that <clears throat> excuse me are really looking at this category. As a solution to help the environment, to help uh, animal welfare, all those things that you had mentioned earlier in terms of sustainability, then you have an older uh, consumer called a 45 to, to 80 that is looking at plant-based because their doctors telling them to eat less red meat and less and less meat in general. So they're looking at it for for health. And in Canada, one of the things that we real have we really have as a benefit is. Because of uh, just the vast immigration that we have here in Canada and depend on, uh, culturally, there are a lot of new immigrants coming to Canada that have never eaten meat in their life. Um, They are vegetarian, whether it be uh, for religious reasons or, like I said, cultural reasons, and they're looking for solutions and foods that are that North American kind of feel because they want to adapt, but still can, can, um, can abide to. Uh, their cultural beliefs in uh, being able to to uh, consume products that do not have any animal proteins. Um, so, you know, th- there's three vast populations here that are really looking to, uh, to, to plant-based as uh, the future of food.
2: I think the other thing to add to that too, Stuart, is that uh, historically, <laughs> this category has been um, more expensive than meat itself. Uh, yeah. That tide is turning. If you, if you look at what's happened to beef pricing, poultry pricing, pork pricing over the last six months, and, and there's no sign of that stopping, this is now becoming more affordable for a consumer as a protein offering than, than meat itself.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say the swings, uh, you will not experience the swings in costing with plant-based that we do with commodity products like Uh, pork and beef and chicken so so there's more stability in in uh in the costing as well Uh, so the consumer can can really budget accordingly if you will and uh you know with confidence
0: so do you guys anticipate a situation in you know further down the road maybe it's 10 years maybe it's 20 years where actually a significant proportion of developed country households are sitting down regularly to meals that that are pretty much zero meat meals
1: I really believe we're not too far away from seeing a 50/50 split um, in in the course of a, of a week where half the meals consumed may have meat proteins and the half the other half of the meals consumed will be plant proteins
2: part of it part of it Stuart, is is for all the reasons that that we just discussed you know the environmental reasons the health reasons but also the offerings that are coming out now in this category are much more appealing. Let's face it, if, if, you were, if you were trying plant-based foods 10 years ago, your experience would have been a lot different than if you're trying it now for the first time.
1: That, that, was, that was one of our, uh, our key uh, objectives. Uh, we hired a chef, he works uh, with us. Uh, he was a former Master Chef Canada winner, won twice. And he has uh, basically taken these products, created what, there's about 70 recipes now on our website that he's created with our products, interchanged them for for meat, and really has um, started to educate the consumer on how easy... It is to uh, to to replace uh, you know these products uh, in in place of your traditional meat protein products.
2: He, he was even educating himself. He had never he had never really cooked with uh, no. with uh, plant based foods before, and, and could not believe how easy they were to to cook with and interchangeable they were and, with meat. And and Stuart, that's what we wanted. We wanted a chef
1: on board that uh, was not a plant-based or vegetarian uh, by, by nature. We wanted someone that was an average uh, human being uh, with an average family, uh, had cooking experience, obviously a chef experience, uh, but could really make it simple to demystify uh, how, you, uh, how you, would, uh, you would prepare meals using plant-based alternatives. And uh, it's, it's been a huge success for us. Uh, I know on social media, Ninety um, percent of 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 the really good posts that we have uh, come from a result of a recipe that he's posted or uh, a tip that he's given. Um, it's it's where the average consumer really comes to uh, to light. And at the end of the day, if the average consumer is not buying the product in the grocery store, we have nothing. So that's who we need to really uh, attract, and that's who we really need to um, to be focused on.
0: How important is White label relationships because we last year we saw a lot of excitement around companies like Beyond Meat because they were talking to the large fast food chains. As part of your own growth strategy, will you be looking at partnering with other companies that don't have this technology but want to offer zero meat alternatives?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Our, our uh, Monday Swiss, uh, um, the primary. Uh, Source of sales for them historically has been white label. Um, they have experience in it. We will we will continue to uh, look to expand in Europe, not only with our our black box Zogos so product when we bring it out there, but also uh, continue with white label. We will. They, and we're getting requests here in North America now for white label uh, products, and uh, we will we will entertain that absolutely. Uh, more so when we have North American production but uh, at the end of this year, but uh, certainly that is a focus and it's already discussions uh, with some of the retailers.
1: And, and again, it's a different route to market, Stuart, uh, whether it's beyond or impossible. Both of those organizations uh, chose uh, to take the route through uh, the QSRs and, and, uh, and uh, food service uh, channel. Um, where uh, you know, our, our intent was to take the route through uh, retail and through the consumer first. Uh, so just a bit of a different path to market. Um, we felt that at the time, uh, Beyond and Impossible were both quite a bit ahead of us in terms of getting those products to market um, through the, through the uh, quick serve uh, channel. Um, so our, our focus uh, was really let's excel in retail and uh, and then go back and look at uh, qsrs and where the opportunities might lie for us there. We do think we we have a cost advantage to uh, to to uh, beyond an impossible. So hopefully we can leverage that along with uh, the quality that we can deliver and uh, start to secure some business in that regard.
0: And, and just finally what can what other than the items you've already mentioned um is there anything else um investors can expect from Zoglows? um In the course of 2022.
1: Well, really, 2022 for us is a real focus on growth, and it is really a focus on getting ourselves established in the U.S. market and also start to deploy our black box into the European market, which we have not done. We've got the products Zogos has in the European market is still the uh, the old uh, green box uh, kosher niche market products that have been around for the last 25 years. So, we do want to introduce our, our black box to the European market uh, in 2022. And, and then, really, I think the big growth for us is going to come in the next five years as we start to deploy and start to gain more and more capacity into our production facilities, be it in Europe and in, in North America. We hope to have, you know, within the next five years, we hope to have two plants in North America one on the east side, one on the west side. And in Europe, uh, who knows, uh, you know, I think there's all kinds of opportunities around uh, the Asian market and, and South Asian markets as well. So we may uh, we may see ourselves expanding in Europe as well, I would say in the eastern continent, let's put it that way, beyond Europe.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, we'll be looking forward to uh, seeing the Zoglo's black boxes arriving on our shelves here in the, in the UK. Thank
2: you. thank you. Excellent. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. Make sure you visit our website, www.thearmchairtrader.com for your daily dose of financial markets news and sign up to our free newsletter there.